Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, April 20th. On this date in 1999, tragedy in Colorado. Two students shot and killed 12 classmates and one teacher before taking their own lives at Columbine High School. On this date just three years ago, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported a 20% jump in accidental poisonings for the first three months of 2020. The poisonings were connected to cleaners and disinfectants and were believed to be related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And a little music trivia on your Thursday. On this date in 1959, 13-year-old Dolly Parton released her first single. Can you name that song? I'll have that answer in just a few minutes. But first, let's have a look at that Thursday forecast over at the First Alert Weather Center. Hey, good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. We're starting out here on our Thursday morning with temperatures in the 50s to around 60 this morning. A little cool first thing, but lots of sunshine warming us up. By lunchtime at 81 degrees, we'll be in the low to mid 80s for highs this afternoon, nice and mild into this evening. Still the humidity pretty low, a very comfortable evening on the way. Overnight lows about 60, 83, mostly sunny on our Friday. Now Saturday does bring our next chance of rain with some scattered showers and storms as a cold front moves through. Behind that on Sunday, lots of sunshine, not quite as warm, but still looks nice with highs in the upper 70s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A suspect is in custody after prompting a code red lockdown at the Porter Gout School in West Ashley. Deputies say 27-year-old Tyrell Sistrunk is charged with unlawful carry of a weapon, failure to stop for blue lights, resisting arrest and more. Deputies say they were trying to serve an arrest warrant around 11 o'clock yesterday morning when Sistrunk ran. Additional charges could be coming. After a recent string of car break-ins in apartment complexes in Mount Pleasant, Officers are warning people in the area to lock it or lose it. Our Molly McBride spoke with the Mount Pleasant Police Department and tells us where these break-ins are happening and how people can keep their vehicles safe. 117 reported car break-ins in Mount Pleasant in 2023 so far. The Mount Pleasant Police Department tells me that car theft is the most frequent property crime in Mount Pleasant. Things were definitely ajar and not how I left them. So someone had been rifling through my car at some point in the night. Mount Pleasant resident Jason Daly explaining how he found his car the morning after it was broken into. He tells me at the time he was not in the habit of locking his car door. Generally, it's not something I really think about, uh, especially being in this part of Mount Pleasant uh, and their neighborhood around us is fairly safe. Ashley Croy with the Mount Pleasant Police Department tells me most of the 117 reported car break-ins were in residential complexes and most of the cars were left unlocked. She says residential complexes closest to major roads leading out of town, like near the 526 or Long Point area, are most likely to be targeted by car thieves. Personally, I think it's just an easy out. The people that are coming here, they're coming here to break into cars, get what they want, and then leave. She encourages residents, no matter how safe they feel, to lock their car doors and remove all valuables and extra key fobs from their vehicles. Reporting in Mount Pleasant, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. The Williamsburg County Sheriff's Office is investigating after human skeletal remains were found in the Kings Tree area. Investigators were called out to McAllister Road yesterday afternoon for reports of remains being found. 
The sheriff's office says an autopsy will be done to identify the remains and determine how the person died. Anyone with information should contact the Williamsburg County Sheriff's Office. Two survivors of the Mother Emanuel AME Church shooting are suing some social media companies claiming they radicalized the shooter. Nine people died in that shooting in 2015, and according to the lawsuit, the plaintiffs, Felicia Sanders and her granddaughter, pretended to be dead to avoid getting shot. They allege Facebook, Instagram, Google, and YouTube cultivated and controlled what the shooter saw online. The suit also is listing several Russian defendants and claims the Russian government tried to incite a race war in the U.S. by selling advertisements to them. The lawsuit says the social media companies helped radicalize susceptible users like the shooter. New documents have been filed in a case involving convicted killer Alec Murdoch and his old law firm, and those documents show why the firm wants a lawsuit thrown out. Following a car crash in 2008, Manuel Santis Cristiani hired the Parker Law Firm, formerly known as PMPED, to represent him. According to the lawsuit, a settlement was eventually reached in his case, but Santis Cristiani says he was never told how much he won and never received any money. Now, according to newly filed documents, the defendants claim the plaintiff failed to file an adequate affidavit to support claims of legal malpractice within the deadline given. Documents also state an expert is required to weigh in on the case as part of the affidavit, which they say Santis Cristiani did not include in his complaint. So far, a judge has not issued a ruling on the request to dismiss the suit. No word on when they're expected to do so. Today, a judge in Richland County is set to hear a request from the state aimed at unsealing documents related to the early release of a convicted killer. A jury convicted Gerard Price for the murder of 22-year-old Carl Smalls in 2002. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison. According to the South Carolina Department of Corrections, Price was released March 15th, about 16 years before his sentence was finished. Right now, convicted killers have to serve at least 30 years in prison in our state. But the Fifth Circuit solicitor says Price helped law enforcement in another case, which led his office to file a motion for a sentence reduction hearing. Price was, however, released before that reduction hearing happened. Today's hearing about unsealing the documents is set to start at 4 p.m. South Carolina could soon restart lethal injections after the House held a second reading of a shield law bill. This, is, this second reading essentially passed that bill yesterday. South Carolina currently has three methods of execution, firing squad, electric chair, and lethal injection. The first two are on hold as a court reviews the legality of the methods. As for lethal injections, the state says they've not been able to get the drugs for them, so that's been happening for years now. The bill going through the state house right now would hide the identities of drug manufacturers from the public if they were to sell lethal injection drugs to the state. Governor Henry McMaster has been a fan of the bill, repeatedly calling on lawmakers to pass a shield law. In a statement, he says the vote is a step to give families closure they are owed by law. Well, the city of Charleston is looking to rezone in order to stop flooding from getting worse. The city's planning commission presented a plan on how rewriting the zoning code would work. They say they want to balance the codes to make sure new construction in the city doesn't promote flooding. Essentially, the rezoning would require developers to only build in higher level areas and avoid the lower level ones to prevent additional flooding. Officials say they're also looking at the rising sea levels and taking the marsh and migration into consideration. If any changes are made, they won't impact current developments. Charleston County is continuing with a program that aims to improve the lifespan of roads. 
The county first tested a titanium dioxide treatment in 2021 in the Union Heights and Rosemont areas. After seeing success with that, county officials decided to add it to their annual plan. The treatment essentially works like sunscreen. It gets sprayed on the roads and soaks into the pavement. Officials say it could extend the life of asphalt by five years and improve the environment by reducing the effects of the heat and sun. The county says they plan to treat 31 roads this summer. Looking ahead to this weekend, there will be road work on Palmetto Commerce Parkway in Ladson. On Sunday, two lanes will be closed at the intersection of Carolina Commerce Parkway from 4 p.m. until work is done. It's expected to be finished by 11 o'clock that night. The road work will include asphalt, milling, and paving. Drivers are expressing concern over a new traffic light on Maybank Highway on Johns Island. They say that light is doing the opposite of helping alleviate traffic issues. Officials with the city of Charleston say safety is of their highest priority with the traffic light, and they say a temporary light has been installed due to concerns about drivers traveling out on Fenwick Alley. Now, city officials say after activating that light, they found a problem with the timing, but technicians are working on the issue. They say a permanent traffic light will be installed in about a year, but in the meantime, they're asking for patience while they fix it. Summit North Charleston Library is officially opening its doors today, and the brand new facility will have amenities for people and kids of all ages. Yeah, Samantha Popovic, she joins us live in North Charleston. Samantha, what's new at this library. From what I saw, it looks pretty. Good morning. Construction on the Keith Semi North Charleston Library began in May of 2021. It has expanded from 5,000 square feet to 20,000 square feet, fully equipped with technology for all ages. Keith Summy North Charleston Library Branch Manager Von Yeager says the library's mission is to provide top-of-the-line resources for the North Charleston community and says by expanding their library size, they can serve a much larger community. Yeager says this library features a kitchen where local chefs can teach food literacy classes with programs for children, teens, and adults showing how to prepare healthy meals. He says the library will also have a designated teen area which comes with Nintendo Switches Xboxes and iPod, iPad Pros. It will also have a learning lab for workforce development where people can get assistance on their resumes, filling out job applications, and learn how to use Microsoft Office programs. There will be 27 computers in the adult area and laptops that library goers can check out and take home. We have a fully dedicated community kitchen in this building. We have a learning lab. We have two outdoor patios. Um, we're also going to have a brand new collection for this building, so it's all new material. The ribbon cutting ceremony will be at 9 a.m., where Mayor Summy will cut the ribbon, which will then be followed by a day full of informative programs for all ages. Reporting live in North Charleston, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. All right, thank you so much, Samantha. Now, this new library was built on the site of the original Cooper River Memorial Library that opened in 1948. To honor that history, the new library will incorporate a portion of the original library's building into its structure by featuring a unique interactive history wall to tell the story of the original branch's inception through to the new facility. At the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date, back in 1959, a then 13-year-old Dolly Parton released her first single. The song was called Puppy Love. Celebrating birthdays today, actor Ryan O'Neill is 82. Actress Veronica Cartwright is 74. Actress Jessica Lange is also 74. 
Actor Shamar Moore from Criminal Minds is 53. Actress Carmen Electra is 51. And actor Joey Lawrence from Blossom and Gimme a Break is 47. Thanks so much for kicking off your day with us here at Live 5 and Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, y'all, is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.